Yes. So I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus, uh, John and Madeleine and your family. I'm uh, sending you this recording, this podcast, because maybe we, we may not meet or link up. So at least I have given you a word. Praise the Lord. It is well with my soul by the grace of God. The hymn writer said, If he carried the weight of the world, I know that he can carry you too. A scripture that I stand upon is Isaiah 60. He says, Darkness may come upon the earth, but over you the light of the Lord will shine. And then I stand upon the scripture in Psalm 91, where he says, Even if a thousand fall by your right hand and ten thousand by your side, it won't come near you. Amen. So I'm standing on the promises of God because the Bible says, He who promised is faithful. Yeah. So it is good to have heard both of your voices. And I thank you for... Uh, telling me that you always think about me and always talk about me, that is very encouraging. I want to say thank you to the both of you for your friendship and for your brotherly kindness, Christian love, your encouragement and your hospitality and generosity over the years. We thank God for our friendship. Uh, Proverbs 17 verse 17 says that the friend loves at all times and another man wrote a series of booklets and one of them was titled it is god who giveth friends then there's a hymn writer that says friends are friends forever if the lord's the lord of them and a friend will not say never and the welcome will never end though it's hard to let you go but in the father's hand we know that a lifetime's not too long to live as friends when we say it's hard to let you go means letting you go maybe to another country, letting you go maybe out from the fellowship. We don't see each other in the fellowship or the home cell or we don't get together quickly. So it's a bit hard to let you go in that way. But thank God for technology where we can keep in contact and communicate. So I've always taken cognizance of Madeleine's uh, Blessings, the way the Lord blessed her and John and the family. And, and I always saw it in the news. And, yeah, and it was very, very en encouraging. It means that he who started the good work in you, he will complete that work. Now, that is in Philippians 1 verse 6. It says, he who started the good work of salvation in you, he will complete that work. But... That word can be applicable to every other facet of our lives. It means he who started the work in you, that vision you have, that dream, that goal, that aspiration, that plan, that program, that intent, that pursuit, he will complete that because the Bible says it is God who is working in you to work according to His goodwill and good pleasure. So many times you do things and you think it's your own 
mind or your own heart, but actually, in actual fact, is the Lord working in you, guiding you and steering you in life. Hallelujah. So he who began the good work in whatever good work you're busy with, he will complete it for you. So the message I want to leave with you and, and hand over to you is found in Psalm 138, verse 8. Yes, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians and, and Colossians 2, it says, We must speak to, another, to one another with spiritual hymns and songs and psalms. Hallelujah. And even the Lord Jesus, when the people were troubled in their hearts, in, in the book of Luke, the, the guys on the road to Emmaus, after Christ was crucified and he was buried, they said, oh, we hoped in him. We thought that he was the one who would deliver us. They thought the deliverance that God spoke of would be a physical, a political deliverance from the political oppressors. They didn't know it was a spiritual deliverance. So when they saw Christ being crucified, they said, oh, you're, there's our hope gone now. They became discouraged. They went back to their old lifestyle. And on their way there with their troubled hearts, the Bible says a stranger came near and he said, why, why do you look so forlorn and so troubled? They said, didn't you hear this man whom we hoped on he was crucified and he died? And the Bible says, but it was Jesus. They didn't recognize him because the Bible says that God withheld the eyesight from recognizing him that he was the Christ. But the Bible says he, Jesus expounded the scriptures to them and explained to them that all these things had to happen according to the scriptures. And it says he started from the prophets. It means the books of the prophets like Isaiah, etc. and the book of Psalms. And he expounded to them and explained to them the things that happened to the Christ, to Jesus, was written aforetime. It, it had to be like that. Amen. Hallelujah. So just on that word, it had to be like that. There's a scripture where it says that uh, Jesus met the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well, and he says he had to go through Samaria. So certain things in our lives have to happen. Certain negative things. Because rejection is redirection. We can see, so maybe you experienced rejection many times and you took umbrage you were hurt, you were offended, you were discouraged and thought that what's wrong with these people? Why are they treating me like this? Why are they rejecting me or rejecting my proposal or proposition or my idea or plan or my input? But the rejection is the redirection. We can see that, that Joseph, if you read from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50, you will read the the, the timeline <laughs> or the narrative of Joseph, hallelujah. And you will find that his very own brothers rejected him. They rejected his vision. They did, rejected the prophetic dream. They rejected him as a person. And they betrayed him. And they sold him. And, and eventually ended up in a place where he did not want to be. Maybe because of uh, rejection, you are also at a place where you don't want to be or in a situation, or in a town, or a country, or your status may not be what you would have it be because of rejection. But many times 
the rejection is God's vehicles. It's God's Uber. <laughs> rejection is many times God's Uber. Because sometimes people send the Uber to go and fetch someone to bring him to a certain place. And so God sent the Uber to go and fetch Joseph to transport him to the palace of the king. To transport him to his position of prime ministership. His exalted position. He became the, the second most powerful man in the greatest superpower in the world. At, the, at that time, Egypt. And that was a super, superpower because up till today they cannot fathom how they built the pyramids, the technological advanced knowledge the Egyptians had still baffle scientists today. But so do not despair and don't take umbrage when you are rejected or when your proposition, your idea, your plan, your suggestion, your advice is rejected. Just say, everything works out for the good. This is going to, and you can see the rejection worked out for the good for Joseph. Because rejection is redirection. So he was redirected to Egypt. And in Egypt, so he was in Potiphar's house. He got, got a post as a manager. He was bought as a slave. Eventually, he was diligent in his work. Diligent. The Bible says, have you seen a man or woman who is diligent in their work? They don't have to work for mean men. They will stand before kings. If a person is diligent in what they do, then they will have posts and work for superpowers and super high-level people, authorities. So we must apply ourselves continually and be diligent in whatever we do, even when we're alone, even if it's just in a corner, even if it's just in a small business, because that is preparation. Because remember, Joseph's preparation was behind the sheep. And God prepared him there for the kingship. Glory to God. Because remember, your status is not permanent. Nothing is permanent. The one moment Ruth was working in a field, Boaz's field, the next moment she owned the field because she became the wife of Boaz. The one moment David was a shepherd boy. The next moment, he was a king. The one moment, Joseph was a prisoner. And the next moment, he was a prime minister. What does it say to you? 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 says, The things that are seen is temporary. It means the things that are seen is not permanent. Nothing is permanent. Life is dynamic. It means it's always shifting. It is always changing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So many times the negative and the bad things that happen to us must happen because it's part of God's plan. It's God's modus operandi. You will always see that God used negative things to bring about the positive. This, this electricity that we enjoy, the principle of electricity, it operates from negative. If you did physics, it operates from negative to positive. Amen. So we can see great people, they started out negatively. You will see a seed starts out deep underground in the damp, wet, cold, dark ground. But 
it emerges, it comes up and becomes a plant and a tree and eventually a forest. Praise the Lord. So if you feel you're in darkness, if you feel your life is damp and you're alone in isolation like the seed, if you feel that it seems nothing is happening, wait. Remember the bamboo. The bamboo seed, when it's planted, it only emerges above ground after five years. And within a month, it sprouts out and shoots up to 100 feet into the air. The bamboo tree, why? The, the person asked God, why does it take so long to emerge? God said, all those months, it had to anchor itself with a taproot, a root that would go down deep because the higher you're going to go up, the deeper down you've got to go down. So you can see this is a reverse gospel. The way up is the way down. Joseph first had to go down before he went up to become a prime minister. So if you feel you're in the valley at times, the hymn said, but in the valley he restores my soul. You must know, although the water may fall on the mountain top, but the water flows from the mountain downward to the valley and, and it rests in the valley and you will always see the valley is where it's fertile and where there's growth and where it's green and lush. It's in the valley that God restores your soul. So, so don't worry and don't despair if you feel that you're in a valley. And if you feel you're alone, no one visit you, no one phone you, no one fellowship with you, no one seek you out, no one invite you, don't worry. That happened to me. And when I was concerned, they said, maybe God want to mold you. Maybe God want to shape you into a powerful instrument. So I valued that. And, and having the gift that I have, I value being alone at times because now God can reveal to me future things, hidden things, deep things. The prophetic gift can operate through me profoundly, deeply, accurately because I'm alone. There's no one to pollute my mind, no one to influence me, no one to say things to me that may influence the prophetic utterance. You see, so no one can say when I give a prophetic word, no, he was with those people, he was with that group, and maybe he heard it there. <laughs> you see, so you've got to value uh, your times alone. It doesn't mean you will always be alone, because man is gregarious by nature. It means, you know what it means. It means that man uh, like to move in groups. And, and we are social beings. It means that we must fellowship. We must interact. We cannot make it on our own. We need each other. And that's the body of Christ too. The body. If you read Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verse 16. It says the, that the body of Christ. The body grows through the mutual support that every member gives. It means we must not always be alone. It's not God's will for us to be alone. But, but when he, he does allow us to be alone, it is that's a time when He's busy forging us, crafting our minds, shaping us, giving us innovative and creative ideas and plans. That is the time when, when he, he equips us, when He communicates to us, and when we emerge from there and enter the sphere of, of, of the public or come amongst communities of people, then our gifting comes to the fore. Remember, Joseph was in isolation for a while. He was in isolation 
as a slave by Potiphar's house. Then he was in isolation in the prison. But when he emerged, he was now in the midst of millions of people, the whole population of the world, all the world, the, all the known world, because the Bible says when the famine came, it was only Egypt where bread and flour, and the whole world came to Egypt to buy from them because the famine was all over the world. So, but let's get back to the message that I want to share with you, the scripture, Psalm 138, verse 8. Praise the Lord. It says there, it's a simple uh, prayer or it's a simple scripture. It says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. A psalm is actually a prayer. But a psalm is also a song. He, he, David would sing those prayers to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and he says there that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. So I'm saying that to you too. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. Hallelujah. So as I, I reflected on that scripture, I said, Lord, give me insight into the scripture. Uh, that's what Paul said to Timothy. He wrote a letter to Timothy and he said, Timothy, may the Lord give you insight into all these things. Praise the Lord. And so I prayed to the Lord and, I, and the Lord expounded the scriptures to me. He opened up the word for me. That's what David said in Psalm 119. He said, the opening of thy word gives light. And so God opened up Psalm 138 verse 8 for me and I'm sharing that to you because Paul said that which I have received from the Lord that I hand over to you and because I also pray a prayer and say Lord speak to me that I may speak in loving echoes of thy tone and wing my words that they may reach the hidden depths of many a heart so here is the exposition this is my understanding or insight that the Lord gave me pertaining to this scripture, what it means when he says, the Lord will perfect it for you. So I'm saying this to you, listener, dear listener, dear friend, dear brother and dear sister, or pastor, evangelist, or leader, whoever you may be, I'm saying to you, when the scripture says the Lord will perfect it for you, he is saying actually, the Lord will set it up for you. He will organize it for you. He will correlate it for you. <laughs> he will perform it for you. He will execute it for you. He will construct it for you. And he will bring it to its fruition and cause it to fructify. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for the listeners to this podcast, that you touch them from the crown of the head to the soles of their feet, that you pick up the broken pieces of their lives and make it whole, that you heal their broken hearts, heal their crushed spirits, heal their damaged emotions, and heal their strained relationship. I pray, Lord, that you'd show them the end from the beginning before they make a move. I pray that you'd bless them and help them to make the right decisions and choices. I pray that you'd link them up with people who's part of the answer, part of the solution, or, or is the total answer or the total solution. 
bless them beyond measure right now. Cancel every plan, every device and strategy of the devil over their lives, over their minds, over their bodies, their souls and the spirits, but supply all their need. Let them live in abundance. Let them live a life of joy, of fun, of laughter. Let them enjoy whatever they eat. Let them rest when they sleep. According to Psalm 3, David said, I laid me down to sleep and I rested for the Lord sustained me. I pray that whenever the hearers or the listeners sleep, that you'll sustain them, that they'll get up refreshed and rested. So I pray that the rest of their lives may be the best of their lives. Just remember, friends, when it seems your life is falling apart, it is actually falling into place because God will take broken pieces and transform it into masterpieces. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you. Now remember, in the morning, wake up. Then get up. Then pray up. Then freshen up. Then dress up. And then show up. And never, ever give up. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.